Coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 110, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays. We reach into the mailbag to answer a question and then review the new hotness in Carnegie. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Uh, I'm Richie. All right, Chad, take it away. Richie and I take a nap. Tim, check out Tim. Well, <laughs> you want- yeah. Tim doesn't know any. <laughs> no, 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 in all seriousness, you had... I had a blast. You had in- a good weekend playing that uh, train it- game that's not as good as Age of Steam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had some really good games of 18xx in Des Moines at 18 DSM with uh, with our friend Andrew. Andrew actually was really de- depressed because he I I actually beat him in a game. He's like, this is this wow, is worth. I, I he didn't know that. what to do with his life after that. I saw on Slack he saying really that Chad upset. won a game, and I was <laughs> like, let's go, Chad. Yeah, last right. year you didn't win any, right? right. No, no, no. All right. no. So, How many did you win this year? One. Hey, <laughs> I mean, hey, hey. that's improvement. Yeah, guy is exactly. improvement. Next year, <laughs> Next going year? for two. Yeah, here we go. Uh, no, I, pl- I really played some great games though, and some that were kind of on a bu- on my bucket list. Um, and I played a new one. It's a GMT game, so there's a bonus. Uh, this is from uh, uh, Helmet Oli and Lonnie Orgler, you know, uh, of Russian Railroads fame. Uh-huh. And this one's called the uh, 1848 Australia. This game with Teach was three and a half hours, and you can take loans in it, Richie. You can take loans. Uh, he it, tries to tease us. He yeah, does. He tries every, to tease. Says GMT. You can take loans. He says three and a half three hours and a half with teach. Hours with teach. Yep. Yeah, then my my eyebrows go up. But I know. I know. Little, we've been fooled before. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this system, this particular 1848 Australia, is so interesting to me because it can end. Uh, four different ways. So, of course, like in all 18xxs, the bank breaks, right? Or um, a company share price reaches the the top of the chart. You know how it moves uh, to the right every time you pay out and up and all that. So, I mean, that, those are two normal things. But then the Bank of England is in this game. And when the Bank of England gives out 16 or more loans, that'll end the game. Or if five or more companies go into receivership, which is kind of crazy too. So you can like your your company can can be insolvent and tank backwards basically. Because when you take a loan, you also have to move your company backwards a little bit. And if you also withheld and then take a loan, Ooh. you move way back and you go Ooh. you go into receivership. But I think, and again, this was only my first play. You can also buy shares in the Bank of England. So you get paid out when companies go into receivership sometimes, you know? So it's like, it's like this strategy of, okay, do you want to tank companies so that like, don't get tricked. (laughs) Richie, Richie, (laughs) stop me. Don't look over here. (laughs) It was, it was really interesting because I think that there's a viable strategy of tanking a company and then having a lot of shares in the bank of England and getting paid out for it. And, uh, and so it's, it's definitely some fascinating strategy. And like I said, it moves really quick. 
there, there feels like there's a lot to explore in this game. And it's really, it, either you have to take loans because the map's really expensive because you're moving back and forth over areas that are kind of crazy where the gauge of the track changes. So you those gauge changes, unless you have a special private, count as stops. Not not only just the cities and towns, but then those gauge changes. And so it gets really expensive as you go. But yeah, it is the it is a perfect mix to me of operational, like figuring out how to lay track really efficiently, just like Age of Steam and make your routes work and stuff like that. And financial, where you you have this creative play of shenanigans and trying to figure out. But what's really interesting though, if your company goes into receivership in this game, you lose two cert limits. So you know how paper, you can only have this many certificates at the beginning of the game. Mm -hmm. So if my company goes into receivership, now I'm down two and everybody else around the table is down one. And then it just keeps escalating as that goes too. So it puts the cinch in on, on you in another way too. Can you still only lay one track tile around? Uh, I can't remember. There are so many different games that I played this weekend. I can't remember if you can lay one or two. A lot of places are either one I'm, or I'm two. I'm trying to have them say something I know I don't yeah. like. And <laughs> I'm just, I'm not, I'm just not making eye contact with them while he's telling me about this. He so I'm not, he's like, I'm not going to let him put a spell <laughs> over me. No. That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was a great game. Uh, there was also okay. a fantasy game there. That Ooh. you can play, yes. So you know, oh, you're peaking, Richie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Sweater Mike, right? Yeah, yeah. So Sweater Mike from Heavy Cardboard, uh, he he's um, he's kind of in that area, and they've built a prototype in the fantasy world of Eberron. And you can look on our social media feed. You can see this lush, like fantasy map. They got little treasure chests and put them on the map. You can take, you can get sea dragons that are like shipping lanes. You can get airships to get to these things. You can get like dwarves that are like mining companies that bust through mountains and stuff like that. It is, it is a whole production and mm. it is very interesting. Um, the, okay. But I, I want to tell you, one more game, really quick. Chad, the floor is yours. Call okay. as many 18x games as you want to talk about. So we, here was the yeah. reason. Okay. <laughs> here was the Grail game of the whole of Ooh. the whole con. Okay. Now, Lookout Games is reprinting this finally, but 1880 China, which is another Orgler and Oli game. That one is really fascinating because your ORs and your stock rounds are purely driven by the player. You don't go back to a stock round until uh, until a company buys a certain number of, of trains, basically. It like triggers that way. And you just go down through the companies, and when it gets back down to buying a train and somebody has bought one, then you go back up to the stock round and, and do things. The other thing is it's an incremental capitalization company. What that means is that you don't get 100% of the money in your company. You choose to start with like 20 or 30% of the money in your company, and as you go, you can invest more in it. But the the trick is you get building permits in this game. So you have phase A, B, C, and D. That's that's the whole game. If I start a company at like 20 or 30%, then I may only get to, ba- to build my track through a uh, phase A or B. But if I, if I get it at 40%, then I can build in phase D, but not before then. So it's like kind of a trick of how much do I want to invest early? And there's some incentive not to go straight for the 40%. But then if you run a really great company, halfway through the game, you can't build any more track to it. So now you got to start another company to kind of run the track uh, to it to kind of get around a little bit. Uh, now, where do you deliver the blue cubes to? 
First of all, Richie's not even listening. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. I'm trying. Yeah. But one, one other thing that's really fascinating about this game, because it's China, right? Okay. So China, in the middle of the game, it's triggered by the trains. And again, that's what's so great about this game is there's so much player agency for when stuff happens. And that's why I'm really starting to love these games is because it feels like there's a lot of creative play. Like I came up with this thing that manipulated it this way. But anyway, with communism, it locks your stock price in. So as soon as communism happens, nobody's uh, nobody's stock moves on the chart, either backwards or forwards. Mm. So you time buying a permanent train right at that time, hopefully, so that when you withhold to get money into your company, you don't have to move back on the stock market. Mm. However, you don't move forward either, either if you were to choose to pay out. So it's very interesting to time that. And you can see somebody like, oh, they're going to they're trying to withhold and withhold. So maybe I want to get out of communism now and, you know, and have their stock move back before, you know, just to trigger it. It's very interesting. Mm. I mean, speaking of China, I did just play the Southern China oh, Asia Steam map. That is one of the <laughs> it best. It was fantastic. Is it not amazing? It was a really good map. Well, I, I'm excited to play again. You only track and then you got to pull it off. Yeah. It is so it was good. Good. What were oh, you talking about, Chad? Chad? Sorry. <laughs> that sounds like a good game, too. <laughs> oh, Southern China is amazing. That's a great map. But, Chad, you've intrigued me. You really have. I mean, You did give me a little bit on that first one. I right? mean, this first one right here, I am intrigued. I mean, teach in three and a half hours. I will play this. I will okay. give it a shot. Yeah. Richie? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that really hurt him to even say that. That's okay. I'm being honest. I will give it a shot. Honestly, I know Brockman wants yeah, to play. I would him, say so Bro yeah. Brockman, Brockman yeah. would be a fine third if yeah. Richie doesn't want to play. So, and that's honestly, okay. we just need to go so, to the con. Because yeah. I think that would honestly be the... Well, you'd have a lot of people there that probably could you help got a, a lot, lot of people there. Lot, you yep. got the dedicated time. and yeah, you're We're just, going next year. We're, I love it. I'm putting it down right now. <laughs> Andrew, you Pretty, heard it here first. We're going next year. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a strong maybe. Uh, but yeah. Maybe also, but we're going. Here's the, here's the other thing I just found out from uh, Sweater Mike, because he kind of works with the Tracks gang and Tony Fryer and those guys. I have their first mainline magazine. They're, they're putting out another one. I got to play 18 Hiawatha, which was basically 1817, but you get to sh short stocks right out of the gate. So that just means we're tanking each other's stocks right at the beginning. It so was I crazy. just don't even understand I most yeah, of what I have he no clue talks what you about. about so, but if we played for a whole weekend, yeah, we might understand it. It might click then. Yeah. But just to just and we might hate it more. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be one of the two. Just to whet people's appetite, their next issue because it was on Hiawatha this time. Their next issue is going to be un entirely Union Pacific. So hey, it's going to be about Omaha, Nebraska, yeah, birthplace of Omaha, of Union Pacific, right yeah. here. So it's going to be all all maps for Union Pacific and Nebraska is going to be in it a bunch and Ooh. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so right, should be exciting. Right. Anyway, I, I thank you to everybody that I saw. Uh, it was just such a great time at 18 DSM. Thank you to Andrew. He's a, an incredible host. There are some great teachers there and ambassadors of the hobby. And honestly, I think if you live anywhere around there or can get to 18 DSM, it's it's a really great group and a really great way to learn and immerse yourself in, in the games. Did you get to eat at Zombie Burger? I did not get Jake to eat always at Zombie says Burger. That Jake is loves one that place. Of the I, mean, I think that's his favorite hamburger joint is is the uh, Zombie Zombie Burger. Yeah. I, I you know I was that. really healthy actually for most of the time. Okay, well on that note, Richie, what have you been playing? <laughs> uh, I mean honestly not much. It's been I got my croconoe board in. Oh, mm. all right. And Jessica's family is is hooked. 
Nope. Oh, <laughs> and honestly, I've come nope. around on it. Yeah. Myself. It's I, fun, right? It is a good time. When you get a good Especially shot. Partners. Yeah. When you knock yeah, somebody I, I else like out and you get right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Partners is where it's at. It's a good time. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I'm remember. What, this ain't a regular Tuesday for me. <laughs> what, what's higher, crokinole or root for you? I can't remember. I would rather play root. You'd rather play root. Pro- I've played more games of root than I have crokinole. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's be honest. I played well, it. I played true. again last weekend. So <sighs> I, I, I don't know, man. Dan's birthday. I don't know either. Dan's birthday. So it, it, that's, that's my claim. The number of times you played it compared to the number of times people have had birthdays uh, is... Do you remember well, when I brought out Stevenson's Rocket on my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> you'd have, I think you'd have to be on your deathbed. I know, and right? It would still be questionable. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I keep thinking like, maybe... Like, pull the plug. Pull the plug. <laughs> maybe I'm missing something, but no. Every time I play it, I'm like, no, this is just, I don't know, just not for me. Ooh, I tried. I got the app because it was on sale and I really liked it. Anyways, go back to this flicking dexterity game you've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I'm not going to talk about Crokinole. I did oh, pick okay. up a little a little card game that you could play Ooh. with a regular deck of cards. Okay. Uh, Regicide. And this is a co-op game, so you might check out already. <laughs> but <laughs> it is it's a little co-op game. Like I said, you can play with a regular deck of cards. You can buy, though. They do have a, a deck out there that you can purchase. I think it's on Amazon for like 14 bucks something along is that, that where lines. you got yours off of yeah. amazon okay um uh, but it is just a standard deck of cards it, it has uh you know the jesters instead of the jokers but it's still just a standard regular 52 card deck um, but the way that the game works is a cooperative game that you can play one to four players and at the beginning of the game you're going to build uh i think they call it the castle deck or the yeah i think it's the castle deck where the whole goal of the game is you're trying to kill all of the face cards and you start with the jacks and you're trying to get to the kings. So at the beginning of the game, you'll shuffle up all the kings, put them face down, shuffle up all the queens, put them face down, then the jacks, and then you'll flip over the top jack. And then you're going to deal out cards. In a two-player game, your hand size is seven cards. Uh, so you, you, both you, or I played a two-player. You can play, like I said, up to four. Uh, but both Jessica and I had seven cards to start the game. And on your turn, you're going to, and there's four phases to a turn. So you'll play down a card. And when you play a card, the way that or what you're trying to do is you're trying to kill, like I said, that top card, whatever that face card is to start. The game is going to be jacks and jacks have a health of 20. OK, and then they also have an attack of 10. So when you play a card out, all the suits have a special power. So like clubs do double damage. So if I played a 10 club, it's really doing 20 damage. Uh, if you played a spade, it provides you with uh, defense. So the spades are shields. So if I put out a uh, seven uh, shield, when the uh, jack attacks for 10, I'm really only going to take three damage. Um, and then the hearts allow you to get cards out of the discard pile. And then the diamonds allow you to draw more cards back into your hand. So you'll play that card and then you'll resolve the suit's power. And then you'll apply the damage. You'll look to see if you've killed that card. If you haven't, then they're going to attack you back. So the in this case, if it's a jack, it's going to do 10 damage back to you. Like I said, if you have a spade, you'll block some of that damage. But you will have to discard that amount in value out of your hand. So if you had a 7 and a 3 and you're taking the full 10 damage, you'll discard that. If you cannot discard that, you don't have the cards for it, then you die and you lose the game. So then after that, if that's the case, then then or if you don't die, if you survive the attack, then the next player is going to go. They'll play their card as well. 
but your card still stays out there. So your value is a, being applied to their attack as well until you eventually kill that jack. But the, the I mean, the cool thing about it is that you can start getting combos together where you are getting multiple suit powers at a time. Uh, and whenever you kill one of the face cards with the exact amount, it goes on top of the tavern deck, is which is what you draw from. And then it will eventually get into your hand and then you can use that to fight the other cards as well. Uh, and then the other thing that actually makes it even harder is that any like if it's the jack of spades that is up, the no no spades powers are can be activated. So whatever uh, suit is face up that you're attacking, you can't use that suit's power when you're playing against it. But it, it is a it's like 15, 20 minutes. And it feels like a kind of like a modern take on like those like classic card games. I, like I said, I, I really enjoyed it. We played it uh, two player. Uh, they have a solo mode that you can download the app uh, and try out. Uh, I know there's a companion app and then you can play it solo on there. Definitely worth checking out, especially since like if you just got a deck of cards laying around, you can try this, you know, now. Real easy to set up, real easy to play. The rules are on uh, BGG, uh, but it, it is tough. Uh, you can't talk about the cards that you have in your hand. You're just playing, uh, and obviously you're going to kind of get into a rhythm with each other as you start seeing how you can stack up cards. But once you get through the jacks, then the queens have a health of 30, and they attack for 15. And then when you get to the kings, they have a health of 40 and attack for 20. So you really have to be smart about what cards you're playing, when, and trying to save up because you know you don't want to use that 10 club in against a jack because you're going to need it later on against that king. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the game. That's interesting. So you don't see that many uh, cooperative card games, I feel like, just straight cooperative no. card games. And so uh, I was thinking in my head, like, okay, is this, would you play this over the crew? But you were saying you played it two-player, which um, to me, that that would be a sweet spot for it, I would think. Yeah, I, we really enjoyed it at two. I, I haven't tried it at a higher player count. Uh, it just lowers your hand size, mm -hmm. uh, so you just won't have as many cards in hand, so you could uh, potentially die quicker. But um, the two felt like a really good sweet spot for it. Yeah. So, and like I said, it's something that you could bust out 15, 20 minutes, so if you just got some time, you can just quickly sh uh, shuffle up, deal it out, and play. Definitely worth checking out. Like I said, uh, you can get it on Amazon, I know for sure, for like 15 bucks. Nice. Clef, what have you been playing? I got a little... Uh Kinesia to talk about. Uh, got, did you get that checked? I got three. <laughs> I got three <laughs> Kinesias to talk about. Wow. All okay. starting with the letter L. Ooh. What? So I got a little theme going. You did. And this I'm going to do. Brought to you by the number uh, yeah. seven, too. Sure. <laughs> and I'm going to do worst to best. Okay. 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 So two of these are new games to 2022. One of them is a 2021 game. Okay. Does one of them so, have an animal animal in it? Yes. Okay. Okay. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Longboard. Okay. Okay. This is a little card game about basically setting up a, 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 a about setting up a surf shop where they're selling surfboards, and you're basically have uh, like there's four different colors of of boards, and on your turn you basically are either adding to your buy pile or your pile that you have in front of you, or you're adding a card from that to your, uh, to a board, or you are exchanging 
hire of your cards for somebody else's card in one of their tableaus and putting it onto your boards. Boring, not good, kind of a miss. Okay. Uh, played it, three-player. All three of us were like, this is just not very good. I mean, I won going away. It wasn't even a contest, and it was just kind of because I felt like I flipped better than other people type of thing. Mm. Didn't feel like there was any great strategy to it. It was just trying to get lucky and trying to build your board. So it's just kind of a hard pass to me. He's put out so many designs lately. I feel like you're going to have a couple yeah. of them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, wow, now, it's a numbers well, game for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think the game was $15, so who cares? You know, yeah, free, right, free yeah. game. You know? But anyways, <laughs> that was Longboard. Okay. The next game that I got, and that was 2022, by the way, so that was brand new. Next game that I got was uh, off of a, a card game that is now a dice game, and it's called Don't Llama Dice. It is okay. it's called Don't Llama Dice, okay? And it's a dice game. Obviously, everybody maybe is familiar with the card game Llama. Um, they renamed it to Don't Llama because if you think about it in the card game, you don't you want don't, yeah. the llamas, you know, and yet it's called llama. So then they, they so they changed it to Don't Llama. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. Anyways, um, and this is kind of a, it, you know, it's kind of a fun, um, I would say much quicker version than, than the original Llama card game where you have numbers one through six, just like in the card game, and then you have a llama. And in this game, you'll get randomly draw, you'll randomly get six cards and you'll put them face up and everybody does. And then there's a main uh, middle board that has all the numbers and a llama in it. And then there's three dice. You roll them. The dice have more llamas on them than the anything. Like they have two llamas and then they'll have a combination of some of the numbers. And you'll roll your dice. And if any of the dice come up with any of the cards that are in front of you, you get to get rid of that card. Now, let's say that you had, you know, um, a two, a four, and a six out there, and you rolled a two, four, and a six, you could get rid of the two, the four, and the six, or you could be like, well, if, if, cause it's kind of a pressure luck, you might want to hold on to a card. So next time when you roll, you have more of an opportunity to still get rid of a card. Okay. Uh, normally you usually would try to maybe do that with the llamas just because they had more of a chance to roll them. But if you rolled and you didn't roll anything that was in front of you, you would have to take one of the numbers that you didn't roll corresponding to the, the tableau that was out there to put it into your into your display. So okay? that's why you're saving something just, to, just in case. Just in Got case it. you want to try. Now, if you ever roll and you don't roll anything, and, and that will be taken away. So like, let's say, you know, you had to take a five. And then the next, so now somebody couldn't take a five. It's going to be gone from the middle. Um, so now if you rolled again and you didn't roll anything in front of you or any of the numbers that are out in the middle, then that round ends immediately. And then you would just add up all your points. The points are added up the same as they are in the regular llama game. You know, like if you have two fours, it only counts as four points. Um, same type of thing where you take the two, you know, got the white chips and the black chips, you know, and so that's the same thing there. Um, the other way you can obviously, if you get to your turn, you can simply say, I'm out for the round and whatever you have in front of you. And then you'll just count that. Okay. You can always get rid of a chip by either a going completely out or B, if you ever roll three llamas on a turn, you can get rid of a chip, including, remember, if in the original game, you can get rid of a black chip that is worth 10 points, or, you know, if you don't have any of those, then you can just get rid of a white chip. It's first one to bust the 40 mark is how the game, you know, the game officially ends. Whoever has the least number of points is the winner. And I'll say it's not bad. It's a quick, fun little version of it. It's one of those things that you just do. Maybe you're waiting on a couple of people to get going or, you know, end of the night, you're just like, let's play something real fast in the night. Not bad at all. Do you like that as much as or better than the card game? I felt like it was 
more of what I'm looking for because it's just quick, bam, bam, bam. Hmm. It's not, you know, you're really not trying to be high. You know, I know Ben Coberly has written a book on llama and exactly <laughs> what, you know, chapter here and there. I don't know, but this is just more of a fun, just, yeah, whatever. We're having a good time. And of course you got your people like, Oh, I'm going to press my luck, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Type of thing. Now I will say also if everybody, Oh no, excuse me. The, when a person passes, when at least one person has passed, then when you roll, if you don't roll something that's in front of you, you no longer can take one from the middle. You immediately just lose and take everything from the middle and the round ends. So it makes it harder once somebody else has passed. So once again, you might want to pass earlier just to force other people to maybe not want to roll as much. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not bad and it's quick. I mean, you're going to play this game in you know, 20 minutes or so or whatever for the full game. Very simple, good kids game because everything's right out in, in the front and you can mm. just, you know, don't have to have any, uh, hidden information it's right there so great all right don't llama don't llama dice dice Dice. all right and now for the best of the l games that i play and normally when you get a game now granted i would say llama dice i wouldn't say llama dice is better than the card game but i mean i like the fact it's a little bit quicker but it's very rare that i think i find a game that has the main game and a dice game i actually find almost better than the original game. Very, very rare. But in this case, and I mean, this is saying a lot because I love the card game, but the dice game I'm talking about is Lost Cities. There is a Lost Cities dice game. Were you even aware of that? No, I wasn't. I, but yeah. I don't like Lost Cities. So. Okay. Uh, Lost Cities Rivals is the only other version. Of uh, no, and that's the, And the big board game. Yeah, too. that was yeah, bad. The big board game. <laughs> yeah, Rivals was. was bad. I didn't like it. <laughs> this is Lost Cities, the dice game. And... Uh, let me just tell you this, okay? In the past two weeks that I've had it, uh, Brent and I have played this like six times. Wow. Okay? So if that's saying something that, uh, you know, game like this, Brent is playing it this much. It is a very player interactive, and I would honestly, it, it, it does the same kind of itch, but simpler as a Gonshan Clever, okay? Because there is definitely, when you, you'll roll the dice and, you know, if you know Lost Cities, you've got your different colors of expeditions that you go out on. This version, basically, you'll have six different colors. And so the dice, there's three different colored dice, and then there's three different uh, just numbered dice. And you'll roll them, and if you're the active player, you can put a set together. So let's, for instance, say I take a blue and a two, and I'll put those together, and if and then I'll mark on my blue track a two. Let's say that's my first number on my thing, right? Then the other dice, the other four dice that are left over, everybody else who's playing has to choose from those. Like, it's not like they then pull a set of dice or whatever, so both people could take orange four or something like that that was out there. And then they would write, you know, orange four on theirs. Well, then you roll again. Well, now let's say that there's a blue out there, right? And, but there's, uh, then there's some numbers and then there's a one. You might take one of those other numbers and leave me the blue one. Well, guess what? I've got a blue two there. I can't use it because it has to be higher. Mm. The number has to be equal to or higher. Similar as in the card game, except for there's no equal because there's only so many cards, but Mm -hmm. has to be. So you're always trying. So there's definitely always a, oh, oh, Chad needs, you know, blue this. I'm going to take that blue away from him, even since maybe it's not the best for me. It's going to hurt you more because you, then you're going to have to either take, because you don't want to put up too big a numbers to start with because then your options are, you know, more limited. Then there's also a couple of rows that have, uh, they have these pottery 
And then they have, which pottery, basically, as you're going up, there's going to be spots that have little pottery spots. When you cross those off, you also get to cross off these pottery, and you're going to get points for those at the end. But then they also have your dice, like, oh, I'm not going to use a set of dice, right? So there's sometimes you literally, especially as the game goes along, there are dice you're just not going to, you're not going to be able to place a die, you know? So you have to make a little X on this track. And the cool thing about this track is, as you're going up it, it starts to actually give you more positive points as you go up it. But if you get all the way to the top and have to cross off the last one, like, I think it's like 70 points is the one right before it. It goes from 70 points to zero points. So you want to be really careful about taking, yep, too many of the dice off of there. Um, I just said, yep, like anybody on radio <laughs> yeah. saw that Richie showed a picture of it to me. Um, but yeah, so it it's very strategic. It's very fun. It's fast. Uh, like I said, I mean, you can play with three or four players. I mean, you play two players just fine also, but three and four players. And there's just, uh, it, it's just really, really fun. And like I said, I, I mean, I've played the game, I don't know, five, six times probably in the past couple of weeks. And honestly, I'm looking forward to playing it again. I really, really enjoyed it. This came out last year then? Yes, right. yes. This is right. 2021. Okay. Obviously came, went under the radar. I never saw anything about it. Right. I was, you know, I was at the game shop and I had a 20% off. So I was buying, you know, whatever, you know, <laughs> and I have another there. copy of Merlin. I saw uh, they had so, another one in there to replace uh, the one you shoot, bought. Darn it. No, no. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I picked, I, I think it was only like 15 bucks at the game shop or something like that, you know, so with 20%. So great deal, but. Yeah, if you like Lost Cities, I say you will like Lost Cities, the dice game. Cool. If you don't like Lost Cities, I still think you might have an opportunity to like Lost Cities, okay. the dice game. I'm willing I mean, to try I, it. I think you, yeah, you, did, you definitely, you and Jessica should try this because especially it's like you guys like to be mean to each other. I think yeah. this one would be good. So. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. You know. I know. It's just funny to me. If you don't, I mean, if you don't like somebody being mean to you in a game like that, it may not be for you. Right. Because you definitely have points where you're like, I'm going to take, you know, like when Brent and I play it, I mean, it is like, you know, back and forth trying to be as mean as we can to each other yeah. type of thing, you know, nice. so. No, I but, love stuff uh, like that. Yeah, I not only, Brent loved it, Dan loved it. I mean, Dan went and got a copy of it right after I taught him. So, I mean, you know, it's, and my wife, you know, she's wanted to play it multiple times. Everybody's really loved it. I can't recommend it enough. So nice. there you go. So it goes, well, thank you. Longboard. Don't llama dice. I guess technically yeah, it's not an really L. I three L's. Yeah, yeah, I cheated. And then <laughs> Lost Cities, the dice game. So all Canizia. So there you go. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. I, I want to tell Richie because he wasn't in on it. One of the most unique experiences I've had lately is before I left town here, uh, I actually played outside at the Shakespeare Festival oh, after yeah. midnight. I forget. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot to ask about that. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> you guys are alive, so obviously know, yeah. it went fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so our friend Bryn had to had to watch the stage, and uh, and so um, overnight. So I lived near there, so when those guys texted, I was like, yeah, I'll come over. And uh, it was perfect for a, a game of tramways on the uh, Shanghai board. At first, <laughs> oh, I nice. thought, yeah, you got to play the Shanghai board. That's I right, love Shanghai board. So, oh, yeah. at first I thought we were going to blow away because <laughs> all the cards were. It was really windy. It that was night. rough. It was rough. Yeah. But we had we set up a windbreak and then we were okay. And I thought I thought I was going to do okay. But man, sometimes when you have to like choose between not taking income oh, for a full round and that board uh, is rough, but oh, in a good way. Yeah, it is so fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, a fun. Fun board. I, it was a, it was a blast. I mean, what we played till like four in the morning. Yeah, or we played till four. <laughs> I, Chad gets there. And I go. So Stephanie was okay with you coming out. She goes. He goes. 
Yeah, she's sleeping. She doesn't know. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you guys went up there like midnight, right? She would, yeah, she wouldn't have been happy if I would have woke her up. Like, if I said to her, Stephanie, I'm going to go play board games. And she'd be like, look at me like, you woke me yeah. up. Yeah. You know, just yeah, go do she, it. Yeah, exactly. Don't even talk to me uh, right now. Uh, but it was a kind of a neat, cool experience. It was so, fun. It know. was fun. I mean, we were just, we were laughing and groaning a lot because of that yeah. darn board. No, and, no scragglers you know. in the park? No. no, 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 stuff. no. All right. We had a few spiders crawl into the boxes you know but nothing big there uh we ate some some chips some oh uh, right yeah oh, there, there were some, some really weird flavored chips, chips some spicy yeah. chips but right. i don't know anyway. warm, warm soda that brent brought us so you know, <laughs> whatever so yeah it was fun yeah we had a good time and like i said you should it was really interesting because i wouldn't mind playing on that board more because sometimes you're just like i don't want to take this card you know that's out there most of the cards were fine it was just like oh yeah the, some those of those actions, actions that yeah. you have to Ugh. go without yeah. i mean what fun. were some of the other ones besides like no income uh for you only get to take two actions as opposed to three in a round <laughs> yeah, that's uh, play double icons so you have to play oh, double icons yeah. which is really rough uh you gain an extra stress skip uh, your skip uh, your uh, administration administration phase. Phase. oh that hurt too so bad um oh you can only build two track in a round yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're, <laughs> they're all bad they are really <laughs> bad I, there was one turn where clef clef was like before he checked his what what his hand was the next turn, he, he agreed to something, and then he's like, "Gosh, dang it! Why yeah. did I do that? I didn't even check my hand." It was like uh, that, that. I mean, I, it reminds me obviously of the Madagascar Aegis team. Yeah, yeah. But, but I like this one better. better. This, yeah. I mean, it works better because yes. this, this game is so like that. Anyways, uh, I just yeah, it's my favorite map for tramways, and uh, that's saying a lot because I love tramways. So. I, I that one round where where you guys bid me way up, and I basically went off the board oh, with my bid that, that is, that's what killed me in that the, the one. best is is when somebody bids like eight ten whatever you know mm -hmm. bucks and they still and they go don't last. win it yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you're just like when it happens to you you're just like oh my god why did yeah. I what did i do you know spending like 20 dollars like, to go what last happened? Yeah. you look at this money and you're just like what happened oh, uh, tramways so good so good so good all right I saw somebody had it on their uh, wanting to play, you know, because mm -hmm. a lot of people have been putting in their top four games that they want to play. And I yeah. saw somebody had Tramways, and I was like, sign me up. I'll teach you that game in an instant. Absolutely. Apparently, we need to be All playing right, Arkwright with more people. Yeah. Uh, no, obviously. It's on yeah. a lot of lists. I haven't yeah. played that in a long time, and I would totally go mm -hmm. back for oh, that one. It's so good. So, Espe so good. Especially when my shortest 18XX was uh, was uh, shorter than that, and we, we or it was longer than that, and we talked about, you know, <laughs> at the time, what a long game that yeah. was. Yeah. 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 Speaking of which, well, though, one other thing, there was a... The, the the game that I actually won had the most interesting auction because basically what happened is the we played a four player version of it and you somebody puts a private up for auction two people to the left get to bid on it and if they both pass the last person's just getting it and has to buy it for face value and so enough of that going around was just crazy because it totally hobbles you for the the beginning of the game for buying other companies. Very interesting. It's not making eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, he's not going to trick me. I don't even understand. He, he said privates. That's all. Yeah. I <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's 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 let's. Richie, I think we got a mailbag question, don't we? Yeah, I think so. All right. Hey, Punch Bunch, are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic hex trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3dbitspace at etsy.com 
and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray. All right, fellas, we have a question from Gabriel Perez in our uh, Slack channel here. It's co-ops. Why are people so so turned off from them? Is it a trust issue? Are you non-competitive if you like co-ops? Does Clef have trust issues? Why trust did issues? both of you look at me? <laughs> I just when I heard trust issues. Neither one of you like co-ops either. Don't be looking at me. Hey, I play co-ops. I, I play co-ops co-op. as well. Yeah, but I, oh, okay. I will say I don't like. Like I pretty much only play co-ops with Jessica and the Stuckies, and that's really because the Stuckies really like co-ops. Yeah, and I don't, yeah. I would say that that my family that's how that's what we play too. I mean, because yeah, uh, it's not only co-ops, but that's when I play them is with family most of the time. But yeah, I, I, for me, I would say the game state doesn't always feel different. You know, I, like the the co-op that I play the most is is solo. You know, it's it's that that Marvel card game. It's the LCG stuff. Yeah, um, and that's. That's because I'm doing my own thing with the hand management and stuff like that and, and the mechanisms and I can just go through it and, and get what I want out of it. But I, I think with co-ops, the game state feels, for the co-ops I've played, feels more predictable. Either either A happens or B happens, but you're not usually really surprised. I suppose if you do those stand-up dice rolls with some of that stuff, but that's just, usually it's not my type of game. And if we're going to play a co-op, I want it to be story-driven where I'm like, I'm really interested in the story. So just tell me that story. That's what make what keeps me hooked. Otherwise, with co-op games, like I'm not as interested because I want... I want moments, memorable surprise moments or something that I didn't expect from somebody else at the table. Maybe okay. I just like doing my own thing. I like, I don't mind doing co-ops with Jessica just cause I can be very honest with Jessica and tell her when she's doing something stupid. <laughs> so you, you can't do that. Like in just out in the world, <laughs> I can't tell someone they're an idiot for making a move. One of us needs to message Jessica. To make sure she listens to this. <laughs> I know, right. She, she gives it right back. She, yeah. she tells me as well. So, yeah, I, I just like to do my own thing and not like I don't want to be that player that takes over a game and is like we're basically I'm playing and everyone else is just watching. So I'd rather just play a competitive game personally. I, I, I will tell you, I've had some bad experiences with co-ops, first of all. OK, because I actually used to play some co-ops back in the day, I used to play uh, that uh, the Oh, gosh, I can't think of it. Dead of Winter, uh, the, the zombie mm-hmm. one. But let's be honest, every time I played, I'd hope to be the traitor. So that, you know, <laughs> I mean, I didn't really want to be cooperative. Um, but one of the, the first time that I ever learned Pandemic, this guy taught it. And during the game, it basically was, okay, yeah, so you're going to do this and this and this. Oh, okay, now you're doing this. Okay, you got that card, so you're going to do this and this. And as I played the game, I was just like, what am I doing? This is, I mean, this is stupid. I'm just getting told what to do. That's not very fun, you know? And I guess I just feel like to me, that's what a co-op usually feels like. Even if you have people kind of, you know, sharing ideas, you still are always going to be like, okay, let's all make this decision. And I guess maybe like Richie said, I like to make the decision. And if it's a stupid decision, oh, well, then it's my stupid decision. And that's what, what it's going to be. I'm not opposed to co-ops. I I finished that entire mechs versus minions campaign, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I don't think it has anything to do with 
What what were the reasons that trust you said? Trust issues. Trust I issues. It sounds like you trust. do have some trust issues because you didn't trust that guy who was telling you to do stuff. Well, no, I trusted him. <laughs> I did what he said, but then I just said, oh, this is kind of dumb. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just... Non-competitive? Yeah, I, I, I certainly, I obviously like to be competitive more. Right. I like the, you know, the push and pull of trying to figure out my own puzzle and do what it is to win the game. That's, you know, an enjoyable thing for me. Now, I don't know. Maybe they came up with a co-op coin game. Maybe something may be different. Well, see, no, that, I was no. just going to say a co-op coin game. Th that's a lot of them. You just choose whether you're going to co-op or not, because you have to with certain factions and stuff like that. And I was saying somebody yelling at you, telling what, telling you what to do. I, that feels like some of the games I've played with Richie, where we're different. Oh, factions. Yeah, that's part of the competitive. Part. That's the <laughs> yeah, exactly. Playing the table. But yeah. that's, still, that's just playing the table. No, I, yeah. Same I thing in Age of Steam. You know, why are you doing that? Why don't you build over there? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you, oh, yeah. Why don't you take that action? You know, that's yeah. different to me than us all trying to accomplish the right, same sure. goal. What, but what about the crew? You liked and played through a lot of the crew for a while, and that's a co-op I liked game. it like a week, and then I was done. <laughs> yeah, was kind of I did. And also, it, after a while, I was like, this is, once again, this For me, is it feels slightly know. empty to beat the game. It is yes. more satisfying to shove it into someone's oh, face. Right? So much. Especially yeah. like when you beat me in Wildcatters by one point. Like that's just more satisfying. Even though I lost that game, like that's a more satisfying ending to a game than like, oh, we yeah. won. Yeah. I, yeah. I would rather lose a game and, you know, play competitively and lose a game than I would rather win together with somebody. Yeah. yeah. I, I think like, so that was the problem for me. And I don't, I don't know if I can analyze why, but that was a problem for me with that Australia game, that Martin Wallace game. I yeah. liked a lot of the mechanisms in it and what we were doing and trying to talk each other into do, doing certain things around the table until the game won. And then I was completely disinterested. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, Gabriel. Uh, yeah, maybe we do have trust your... issues. and maybe. Uh, Probably. Yeah. yeah. We're probably too competitive, but... Could be. Um, but go. good question, either way. Good question. <clears throat> but uh, if I do have trust issues, um, I want to thank this next patron for helping pay for my therapy. Uh, we have a new patron, and that is Jonas Stichtenoth. And Jonas, thanks so much for uh, being a patron. We really appreciate you. You may not be a wrestler, but you're still important to us. And uh, so we we like that. Uh, and, you know, thank you to all our patron supporters. Uh, we really appreciate you. And uh, we know that not everybody can uh, can afford to do it in this in these crazy times. But, you know, anything like uh, retweeting or telling a friend or giving us a review, any of those things are, are great for us. And uh, we love all our punch bunch. And thank you for all the support. Gentlemen, give me a horn. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> so I told everybody last episode I would have a uh, announcement this time. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully we are, you know, this time, hopefully giving everybody ample time to attend Punchboard Paradise Con 2023. Whoa. Are you ready for this? I guess. Drum roll. Okay. So uh, it's going to be a little bit earlier this year, uh, or excuse me, next year than it was this year. Uh, luckily, I was able to pick out some some different dates because I know some people, you know, the Memorial Day weekend was a little bit tough and some people it was actually better. But unfortunately, we're trying to, you know, make it as good as we can for everybody. So the dates for uh, for the next Punchboard Paradise Con will be May 4th through May 7th. 
So that will be the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, very similar to what it was uh, last year. So I will be actually putting up something as soon as I possibly can so people can get signed up as early as they want to and, you know, uh, get uh, get those sweet rooms reserved. It will be going to be at the same place that we did this past year. Um, so, yeah, so there is the announcement. It will be Thursday the 4th through the 7th. And before anybody complains to me about, oh, this date or that date, I would like to point out that May 4th, is my wife's birthday. So this is the dedication <laughs> that I show to our punch punch. Well, she gonna be, is she going to be there? Yeah, she'll be there. Oh, okay, so, yeah. yeah. So. so yeah, we'll, it's like a birthday we'll have a little cake yeah, or there something. You go. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> that's what she wants to do for her. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So there we go. Well, there you go. So May 4th through May 7th, more information coming, but you can mark your calendar, get those dates down, you know, tell loved ones, you know, if they got a birthday, too bad you're not going to be there. So. <laughs> wow! Or bring them along. Yeah. Or bring them, or what bring is we'll have one That's big sheet cake for the, for the birthdays. Yeah, oh we'll have a, we'll have a, if people come and it's their birthday, I will sing them a happy birthday, and we will we'll have yeah. some sort of baked good. Yeah, for we'll them. Have some I'll, of... I'll play a co-op game with them. Oh wow! And that could be bad for all parties. <laughs> yeah. <involved. laughs> right. Uh, Okay, well, moving on. Uh, I I think it's time. We haven't done one in a while. We're going to do a crowdfunding quarter. So, gentlemen, this is the reason that that I've picked this is because you have both told me that this I haven't played it yet, but this is the cube rails game that you are most high on you have said if i'm going to play a cube rails game it's going to be this one well mini express is back on kickstarter with a map pack expansion one and two and uh i i really i'm i'm in on this because i want to play this game and uh it's it says that it streamlines it you just have two actions right you just buy shares or you you lay rail right you lay track you still own this yeah oh, okay yeah. So uh, so anyway, uh, that's that's all you have to do, and uh, I think it's by one of my favorite like designers of rolling rights. Anyway, M- Mark Jarrett's he did Steamrollers, which I thought was too expensive when it first came out, but it is a great rolling right game. It's basically you know got it's Steam and a rolling right basically, and it's a it's a good game. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, it it's out there on Kickstarter for another week or so and uh you should definitely check it out from the mo ideas company and i think it is 45 for the core game or 40 for the maps uh the new maps or 79 for the whole shebang so that's not too bad i don't know what shipping's going to be but you know uh I, i'm in so if if that trips your trigger check out uh, mini rails with the expansion maps expand but mr carnegie how how are we going to expand we need to build more factories we need more buildings we need more people to run the departments i want more money but but what else are we going to have to do to get there we're going to use the railroads 
We're going to stoke the fire. We're going to crush those small businesses. And we will be number one. I'll be here all week. Thank you. I mean, you really should get in touch with Disney because... <laughs> You know, if they need backup for, for, for Mickey, Mickey you're, yeah, <laughs> that's got to be good money. I thought it was so. I thought it was so mean that Mr. Carnegie was making Mickey do all that like brutal rail work. What the heck? It's mean. All right. Uh, okay. Carnegie is a game by Xavier George, and it is by Quinted Games. Um, it is a one to four player game, um, that will be played in about, oh, I'd say 60 to 90 minutes. And the object of the game is to be the one who has the most victory points at the end of the game. Um, there are going to be 20 actions in this game. And the way those actions are broken up is there are four different actions and each one of those will get, well, potentially would get chosen five times in a game. You actually could choose other ones more than that, but it, that's how the game will trigger. On somebody's turn, they will take and place uh, this cog out on a board and then trigger one of the four actions. With those actions, there's going to be things that's called human resources that will allow you to move your people around to different departments. There is management, which is how you're going to be sending your people out into different missions out into four different regions of the U.S. Um, to gain money and supply cubes. Then there's going to be construction where you can, um, I'm sorry, in management, you can also build new departments on your board. And then in construction is where you're going to be building uh, like basically kind of factories or infrastructure out on to the board into one of the four areas. And then lastly, you have R&D, uh, which in R&D, you're going to be moving um, up tracks, basically improving your transportation out in the four areas and also uh, supplying yourself with new uh, ways to put out these discs out on the board. So it's kind of, uh, you know, building new structures on your board that then you can pull out and put out onto the board. Um, those are the four actions you'll take. Like I said, they'll choose one every time. Then depending on where you place it, it's going to give you one of either the four areas of the board, either west, midwest, east, or south, or it's going to be a spot that's called a donation. So when it's a donation, that's just a way for people to pay money to put uh, discs up into a uh, basically a point thing at the end of the game. So you want to try to get some of the better spots early, and that's the donation. But the other one is what they kind of call as the recall, where if, let's say, you go and it's the south you can pull people back from the South and get uh, certain money from where you're at on that transportation track, plus all of your benefits that you've unlocked kind of on your player board. So uh, not to get too much into the strategy here while I'm giving a rules explanation, but trying to kind of hit those spots and trying to where your opponents don't get to hit those spots as, uh, as good as you or, you know, uh, in that circumstance is kind of what you're trying to do. But as you're doing this, like I said, you'll just be, everybody will be, will be moving around the first player marker. Eventually, once every action is taken, all 20 actions are done. That's the end of the game. You're going to add up points for um, like different cities that you're in. Then you're also going to add up points for how well you connected to different cities, these four special cities on the board. And then you're going to have your donations that you're going to get victory points. 
like I said, the most victory points is uh, the winner. So very quick, brief overview of how you play the game. But there you go. There is Carnegie. Uh, you know, people call him Carnegie. If you're Scottish, it's Carnegie. Well, I think. I mean, at least for all my life, you know, you've heard of Carnegie, Carnegie Hall. Hall. Yeah. And the Carnegie Libraries. Yes. Yeah. That's, I yep. think, the big thing. But if you ever watch anything history wise, they always call him Carnegie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. But anyways, that's another podcast. We'll talk about that. <laughs> so. Uh, so let's just start off where we always do. And that is going to be with the art and components. So, uh, Richie, why don't we start with you with the art? Uh, art is fine. I, I think, uh, especially, I mean, Quintic Games, a lot of their games kind of look that way. It's not, you know, nothing that's standing out from the table art-wise, but it serviceable art, you know, overall, I think it's fine. And also graphic design, I think, is actually really good. Yes. Very yeah. easy this to is, understand everything once you you know what's going on. This is Ian, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Ian O'Toole right. earns his money by by good iconography where you can just yeah. kind of you you look at the board and you pretty much know what everything is and how the most of the stuff works. But I'll give I'll give Quinted Games an up you know a positive because certainly they you know realized that they need good iconography because uh, if you think back to uh, the Indian. Uh, God, I can't think of the name of the game right now. Agra, uh, where that graphic design was just flat out. It was all over the place. Yeah. Uh, So I'm, I, I'll give them props that you know that they certainly have made a good you know game where you can tell what's going on. Yeah, and and uh, honestly, I I would say production is now we do. I have the Kickstarter, um, and I even have the just for fun. I have the metal cubes because they weren't a lot, but like. I think production is one of this game's uh, strong points. You have the sticks, your little um, project sticks that Clef was alluding to in the rules where you pull those out and you, and the farther you have them out, as long as you have the discs off them and uncovered, when you pull agents back to your board, your, uh, your worker board, uh, you're going to get the income on those. And those slide into a, basically a double-layered kind of board. Uh, really slick design there. Um, and... You know, the 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 board is Ian O'Toole's pastel palette that he likes to use, basically, as are the a lot of the player components and stuff. So, I mean, and, and I think that makes them colorblind, colorblind friendly, though. I I don't know enough to, to say definitively, but sure, I thought it I thought it was the production on this was pretty strong and the, the rule book was pretty easy to follow That start player cog. Yeah, it, nice and he- having, nice and hefty. It's got a heft and yeah. it's metal along with the uh, train. And yeah. I, once again, I don't know if these are probably Kickstarter's uh, components. They are, but uh, we all discovered that if you took the uh, cog and you hit the train, it makes a little ting. So then we decided every <laughs> round, you know, we had to do that to uh, before we moved. You know, that was the uh, you know the announcement that we were going to the next round. Very good. So nice, yeah, nice components on that fact. The you know those chunky blocks or whatever that they actually use for the moving down um you know yeah so i mean oh and the trays just the individual player trays are fantastic that was the great thing about this kickstarter is that everything came punched already like the the money and stuff uh, all that good for punchboard paradise well (laughs) once in a while to just open up a, a game and like it's here i mean even the even that you start with four goods cubes and 12 money and every player's game tray had it in there already like you just get it out of the box and you're ready to play what's your thoughts on the money 
Uh, I don't like the shininess on it's it. Too shiny. Too shiny. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'd rather. But, yeah. And boy, can you see fingerprints? Yeah. On yeah. That's probably the big yeah. thing. Uh, you know, not granted. That's I mean, I only Kickstarter, though. Usually. I, right. I was curious on what is Kickstarter and what is not. Yeah. So the shiny that? is okay. is Kickstarter for sure. I can okay, tell you. See, so I would want the downgrade. on Was yeah. the trays Kickstarter? I think so, probably. but I don't know for sure. Okay. I think so, though. Okay. And I'm sure the train and the cog were, yeah. were kickstarter yeah. things or whatever those but, are okay. great but uh but still i think even if you got just the basic version of this i mean it's very serviceable uh i will echo i mean the rule book we just popped the rule book open the first night we played it and learned it you know and honestly you know once you play enough euros half the time you don't even you know you can look at an iconography and know okay i understand now what that is doing or the first time you know like oh okay that was on this one very quick, very easy to learn, and but that's you know a call out once again to the iconography being so good, right? And it's got a little table uh, that you can easily hand back and forth in the rule book to decide when you want to build a building, what it does, if, in case you're you have questions. Some of those the first time maybe you'll look up, but other yeah. than that, it's pretty pretty clear. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all right, let's go ahead and roll right into gameplay, Chad. What do you guys think about the action selection? I mean, I, I think that that's one of the big things in this where you, every round, one person who is in charge of picking the action that everybody gets to do, uh, as you alluded to in the rules. What do you guys think of that? Well, I mean, right away, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to jump in here, but that is my favorite part of the game on the fact that every game is different of where, like they've got these eight strips and they're double-sided and you only use four of them each game. But like some, when you look out there, you might literally only have like one west and you might have four souths. So you have to make a game plan around that where, you know, how that action selection, because if you get caught where you can't do an action or you're not getting like benefits of pulling those people back, that's when you're in trouble in that game. You know, and I. I read quite a bit on our Slack with some people being like, oh, you know, my last turn, I got screwed because I needed to do this, this, and this, and I didn't get that action. It's definitely a very much a planning when it comes to that action selection. So I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I loved it. It's um, Nauticus, which I've talked about before, is that, that exact same thing, but it's done better here because of the strips where that can be mixed up mm -hmm. and it's different each game where like in Nauticus, it's going to be the same right. each game. But uh, yeah, I love that. That's my honestly my favorite part of the game of trying to screw someone out of their income or making them if they have the that special towel that they can use to take whatever action making them use that th that i think that's the yeah. that's the game if if this game didn't have that I wouldn't play this game. I right. mean, that, that, yeah. that is this game. That is so. your interaction. And that's what's what can be really fun, too, is choosing, for instance, the donation spot when you see a bunch of people around your board don't have enough money to put in for a donation. Yep. That feels really great when you can do that. This game is a perfect blend of strategy and tactics to me because the strategy comes when you're looking at the layout of the board the and then what you uh, can put one of your discs because you start putting one of your discs somewhere as well um, and you want to build that network that's huge points at the end of the game and uh, where you can start putting one of your guys out that is the strategy at the beginning of the game and then you have to have the tactics to roll with what people are trying to do to you and so it's a really nice blend there where you're trying to develop 
develop some long-term strategy based on, because the buildings that come out each time are, can be a little bit different too. And so sometimes you're looking, because there's doubles of, of all the buildings in the game, but those, not all doubles will come out. So then you're like, okay, we're, what's their one of, and how important is it? And, you know, do I need to get goods cubes right away? Do I need to put a, a guy out in my building to staff it right away? Now I will say, the, so there, there, as Chad was alluding to, there's two of each building that is uh, possible in the game, but you always take buildings out no matter what the player count is. I've certainly have found that there are some buildings that are certainly much better oh, than yes. others. Mm-hmm. That building that reduces your donation cost for instead of five bucks, you know, increments, it's only $3 increments. That is huge. Uh, Mick beat me with that last night because if you aren't careful with that, you know, that escalates, that cost escalates because for every other player, it's five every round. uh, And then, you know, for that person, it's three every round. It gets, it goes up and up and up when you start putting that stuff on. Yeah. You think about it. If you're putting out your sixth donation with that, you're only paying uh, 24 bucks where somebody else is paying, you know, significantly more than that, you know, so. The only I'm, prohibitive. I'm not a mathematician, but it's 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 really big. <laughs> the only prohibitive thing uh, with that is that it costs eight dollars to staff it. So you just have to have money at the beginning, yeah. Yeah. to get that person in there before you start doing donations to make it really worthwhile. But and, and honestly, the in the last four actions on every single strip give you the ability to do either you know we'll do both you know pull right. back yeah. and do a donation. So you can kind of almost wait and just do all your donations kind of later towards the end uh, yeah. and unless then, somebody takes the ones that well, you're really good do, in and then the, but there's also the building that lets you then also Stack go on, on top, top yeah. of somebody so if you right. kind of get that combination then boy you're really yeah you got some good things going on but um i would say the other thing besides the action selection is the unique how there are those different buildings and you can kind of say okay well i'm going after you know maybe i'm going to really do a lot of r&d this game and i'm just going to pump up all the tracks you know and be really high on those or I'm going to do a lot of, you know, management. So I'm going to be, you know, kind of in charge of that. I think that is also part of the game that's really interesting too. One thing that I found is it's interesting how you're planning your actions out as you go on that uh, action selection strip thing. We ran into a couple times where you want you want to staff buildings because you've been taking people off and all of a sudden towards the end of the game you can't move employees anymore because yeah. you don't have that mm-hmm. action and yeah. boy oh boy that really st- yeah. I mean that's a plan better moment yes but it really stings when that happens because you're yes. like gosh I need to use this building and now I can't get people to it anymore yeah and sometimes and mm. I like how it is you know can only move them more orthogonally so it's like the best buildings are always two away and it's like oh man well oh I can just move this one human resources person right up here next turn oh man you know it's like i I can't tell you the number of times somebody would take human resources and get to me and i'd be like i'm taking human resources too because i didn't get to move enough people (laughs) it's a good spatial puzzle and i play it must be an advanced building where online i played with the one where lets you go diagonally is that one of the advanced buildings I haven't I, seen, you know, I've I haven't pulled out the new buildings that comes okay. with the Kickstarter and I, I haven't pulled those out yet. To yeah, be honest that, that was a nice one to have to be able to just go diagonally out. Yeah, we should talk be, about yeah. that. I haven't played with the new variant and I don't know if you guys have, but uh, there is a new variant uh, in the box too, where you, instead of starting with four goods cubes and 12 cash, you can 
basically decide up to a dollar amount what you want to start with. And that even ups the strategic planning at the beginning of the game. So you can even more tailor your uh, strategy of going down a certain road, basically. Um, I have not. It does look very interesting, but it always just seems like I'm playing with somebody who hasn't played right. yet. So, yeah, that's the thing uh, when they're teaching you know, new people. Yeah, it looks exactly. cool, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I've used the advanced buildings before. Hmm. In fact, the first time I played it, we used the advanced building because we weren't sure which were which, and you know. But anyways, it didn't really matter. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'm looking forward to using uh, the that uh, starting you know money thing and then choosing what you what you go with. So okay, so uh, let's do player count. Uh, has anybody gotten a chance to play this solo? I have. So I've played. Mm-hmm. I I, don't, I probably have the least plays of all of you. So, but I have played it three, two, and solo. Um, and I I like the solo version. I, I think it's not how I'm going to always want to play it, but I, I think just really quick, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about how that sets it up. You basically have card actions, like a lot of the, like a lot of the automas, um, like Gaia project and such. And there's a bunch of different actions on that card. And then you have these other cards that say zero, one, three, six, and 10. And basically what you're doing is you're going to turn a card over and you're going back and forth taking taking the action. You get to choose the action. If he chooses the action first, you turn that card over and you'll see in orange which action he has highlighted. And then you just, uh, he does a thing and you follow along with it. And the thing about that is it's really nice. There's just a half a section in the rule book real quick about what each thing does. Not like a David Turchy uh, flow sheet and three pages of each action. Um, as much as I enjoy, um, what, what that brings to some of the solo game, it's just, this does not overpower that. And the other nice thing is that's what those cards are for that zero one, two. So if basically if he's already wants to do an action that he can't do on the board because it's already been blocked off, like the two player variant, you block off with certain discs and, uh, or you've done it and he can't do it. You basically move that card to the right. And then anything that gets tucked under those cards are worth that many victory points. So if you take the HR action for him, he moves down three cards. So instantly that's like worth six points already at the end of the game. And then if he can't do the, you know, another action with it before it gets tucked, it's 10 points. So that's a lot of, a lot of points, but it's a nice slick way to take care of things that he wants to do. And instead of having a flow sheet, it's just, Oh, can't do the action, move it down one, one row. So that's a really nice way to do it. Now, I will say, I didn't read endgame scoring when I started playing. And so I got to the end and Carnegie uh, actually, <laughs> he actually um, takes points for things that you've done if he put his donation disc out. So if I stacked in the West and he put it out there at the end of the game, he takes points. Oh, your point. I, yeah, get, I, gotcha. I get points, but he gets points for it too. Right. And I didn't realize that. And I, at the end of the solo game, I was like, well, f*** you, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> and Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie peeks her head down the stairs. She goes, did you just say f*** you, Andrew? <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> it seemed really unfair. And the rule book even knew it, too. It goes, if you think that that's unfair, just realize that in the game of business, <laughs> I was like, man. I still won, but not by much. But that's that's the solo game. Uh, I'm sure you'll have to bleep me out. Sorry about that. I was kind of heated. Oh, please no, no, It will be in there. Might be bleeped. Uh, okay, so uh, back to the other player accounts. So 
One thing that I want to talk about player counts is there is a token in this game that you get at certain player counts that will allow you to do a different action than the one that was chosen. Okay. If you don't use it, it's worth three points at the end of the game. You don't use it in a two player game, right? And you, as a three player game, I should say in a four player game, everybody gets one. Okay. And in a three player game, only the third player, the person who's going last gets that token. What's your guys' feelings on that? I mean, why is it in a three-player game only the third person gets it? Isn't it because it balances out and everybody has gotten to choose the same amount of actions where the third player gets the shaft in a three-player game? Okay. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> that that's why. Be, I have no clue. Is, is that it? <laughs> yeah, I think if you if you mathematically go around, the the reason that when you balance it out in a three-player game, that third player doesn't gets one less time to choose the actions. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah, but I mean, boy, sometimes uh, in a four-player game, everybody yeah, uses Yeah, it's nice that everyone has one. Yeah. 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 And the time I've played at four players, everybody's always used theirs. Uh, the times that I've played three players, it almost seems like the third player always just has their token left over at the end of the game. I don't know why that mm-hmm. is. I mean, but all right. So, um, yeah, sometimes I wish, even in a two-player game, I wish I had that token. <laughs> I know, I know. When it, <laughs> that, that's, uh, again, there's a lot of... Like this game is a lot of plan better moments. You mm-hmm. definitely yeah. can realize when you get better at this game, you right. know? Uh, I will say, I mean, I enjoyed it two player and I enjoyed it at three, but I think four is the best for one thing. They don't put out, you know, in a two and a three player game, you got to put a whole bunch of blocking discs out. Right. So right away, it's just like, well, I don't, I have no way to even beat somebody right. to a spot that might be really important because it's, as I kind of said earlier, you're trying to connect these links. And if you connect the four major cities, so it's New York, uh, San Francisco, Francisco, New Orleans, Orleans, and and uh, Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. And you might already be blocked off from going a certain way to get to San Francisco or something by the dummy things. And I'm like, I always hate that because it's like, I'm not even given an opportunity to try to get there. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't, Uh, that strategy has to be crossed off my list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I do like four player because it's all open and then, you, you know, you're just making the moves. Uh, like I said, I mean, you get that extra disc. So if you actually need it at some point, you're like, oh, this is really important for me to do this action. Uh, so I would say four is my favorite, but I like it at two and I like it at three. So I haven't played it at two, only three and four have been all my place. So. The one thing I can say of two is once you know it, two moves pretty quick. I mean, solo does yeah, too, I obviously, see that. but yeah. just, just, just moves really quick. Actions, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll honestly say that one of my positives of this game is, is the length of the time. Yeah, or yeah. it's fast your kind of game where you're having a lot of decisions it goes by quick no matter yep. what your player count is because it's 20 actions no matter what right you know and most of, a lot of the actions you know human resources and even you know most of them you can pretty much everybody can do there simultaneously because yeah. you don't have to really the only one you have to wait on somebody is the construction one because it depends on where they put their discs yeah. out but or maybe when they're jumping up fully into the last spot of the r&d all those transportation tracks, but otherwise you can do a lot of the actions. All and the same honestly, time. as you go, mm-hmm. as long as you have planned well, uh-huh. you're you know what you're doing. Like yeah. it's going to yeah. go faster as the game. Yeah. Goes and that's on. what I was just yeah. going to say. The more experience you have, there's very little downtime in this game, which yeah. is great. Yep. Yep. Uh, so lastly, replayability variability. Chad, what do you think? Like I said, I, I think it has a lot of variability because even those sticks that you put in your player board, you can flip those over and those can be different. Uh, we talked about the strips being being different as well. I mean, 
the game can feel the same in what you're doing essentially, but I, I still think, you know, with setup there, there's different strategies to try. Uh, buildings again are not going to always be the same that are in there. So it, it, it's going to feel like probably the same game, but there's still plenty of, uh, of stuff to play around with. So I'd say, I'd say the, the variability is medium to a little bit higher. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the only thing is the the, the map's going to be the same, obviously. So, I mean, that's the only thing that's not going to change. But other than that, like, all the buildings can be different in a game and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it's decent. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of the things I forgot about the expansion or whatever that's in the, uh, I don't know if it's just on the Kickstarter, but there's different donation uh, things that you can put up there, mm, which I haven't gotten right. to play with those either. So I do think there's some good variability. I mean, the variability to me is always that those those – you know, this where you have is different every game. So it may be a different way that you have to strategize. And, and I like that. Um, I mean, replayability. I mean, I've played this sucker maybe six times already, maybe more. And I still find it, you know, as a good, fun, enjoyable game. And without any, like we mentioned, without any of the real expansion content yet. Yeah, so it's not yeah. like, you know, it got stale for you and you had to throw other stuff in. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, I think it's time to wrap a bow on this. Richie, do you want to tell everybody how we rate here at Punchboard Paradise? Sure. So Punchboard Paradise, we rate on six-point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time. Chad, what do you got? So I'm waffling. Obviously, I own this game, so it's not a three because I'm not looking about where I would sell it next. But uh, I'm waffling between a four and a five. When I think about it... I enjoy the playtime. I think it's a really good design. I think it moves well. I think it's one of those games. Also, I think it gets this because of Ian O'Toole's art. But people look at it, and I, I've heard some people say, I think that looks complicated. And actually, I think it's one of those games that plays a lot less uh, complicated than it actually looks. You know, I, I think it is streamlined enough that it plays really well, pretty smoothly once you get it. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a, a it's a great design. The one drawback for whatever reason, it just doesn't give me the endorphins that a five might. I don't know what that is exactly, but it just, it it's a good game. I can walk away and go, ah, that was fun, but I'm not like amped, amped to play it again. And I would say, uh, I would say maybe that's because it feels very mechanical. I know a lot of euros feel very dry, but this one, not at any time do I feel remotely like I'm a mogul or or that I am related to Carnegie or that I'm doing anything from a business sense. It just doesn't feel like that. It feels very mechanical, which is fine. I mean, so does Ginkopolis. Uh, but for whatever reason, it's just not endorphins. So I'm going to give it a high four. All right. I'm, I'm going to come in because I, I feel the same way. Not the no euro do I feel like I'm like in the game, but I understand what you're saying as far as I don't know what it is about everything on paper about this game. I love, right? But I don't think about it all that often. <laughs> it is something that it should be a five. Uh, if I just think about all my plays, I've enjoyed all of them. You know, I would recommend this game to anybody, and I love the fact that it's just the twenty actions and how snappy it is and all that other stuff. But like, I want to play so many other games over this is the thing. Uh, so it, it is also a high four for me. Uh, it's just I don't know what it is. It's just missing something to to take it to that five for me. But you guys are so right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I agree. I mean, I thought to myself, ah, I think maybe this is my first five of the. I'm not even sure I've given out a five 
or above this year for anything. But when you really come right down to it, it is just a Euro that it's an enjoyable Euro, but it's, you know, if I'm over there and I'm saying, Hey, let's play something, you know, I mean, you know, clinic, you know, and I know these are the big hitters, but there's just these games that I want to play over these medium weight Euro games. And so that's where I just, I can't give it a five. I can't, in my personal opinion, this is about as high a four that I will ever give a game without moving it into the five. I honestly think this will be in the top 10 games of 2022 for me at the end of the year, but I still don't feel like that justifies giving it a five. So really quick. And I, and I know that cause I'm trying to think in my head, why, why is that? What is the, what is the endorphin rush that I'm missing? And I can't speak for you guys, but I think what I would say to for, for me, myself, some of those other euros, once you're done at the end, like you feel like you built something and you're looking at your board and like the, the, the story of your player board. I just never feel like that. Yes, I have buildings. I have my own personal board. I've done this thing, but it doesn't, it, it's not this engine that I've built. It doesn't feel like it anyway. It doesn't feel like this engine that I've built. Some of those, some of those tablet, like that's the thing about Arc Nova. I think for some people is that they've built a zoo and they feel like this is my zoo. Look at my zoo right in front of me. And here is my engine. And here's when I just do this thing and this thing and this thing. Yeah. I, I, I think that it doesn't have that. And that's, just for, for me. You, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think Richie and I that's going to be the case cuz no. I don't I mean it doesn't have anything to do I mean I mean I whatever accomplishments I feel like at the end of the game whether I built something or or not I mean it's kind of cool if you connect all four cities you know and your high transportation yeah. you get that that gives you a little bit of a good feeling but I I, I honestly I'm just going to say it's just the fact that the games that are in my love zone right now can i say love zone uh, yeah if you okay. i mean okay. if you can say what he said earlier yeah, you can true. say love so, zone okay. you're fine <laughs> uh, that are in my love zone are just going to be they're just not going to be even with the interaction that i think you know carnegie has it doesn't have enough or there's just it's just missing something to make it a you know a barrage or a great western trail or a you know, uh, or a brass, you know, these, these big, heavy hitting Euro games that just go steps above it. It just doesn't quite kick yeah. into that, you know, that. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Cause they, they added barrage to uh, board game arena and I've been playing a lot of that lately. And that, I mean, just the interaction in that game just stands out. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, this one, it's just kind of just a little too dry. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, to sum it up, there you have it. We gave it fours across the board. High fours. High fours. High fours. High fours. Okay. Definitely recommend it. Yeah. But high fours. Yep. There we go. Well, fellas, uh, Approximately 1.8 light years ago, mm, we I that day. yeah we we played and then reviewed Beyond the Sun. Remember that one? No. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I think you do. Which one was that? Beyond uh, the, the Sun, the tech tree, the tech tree one. one. Remember that? 
the pure tech tree with then you had the spaceships we, on the sideboard you hopped around yeah. on the different planets oh and they fell off when the things kind of fell off the back side of it no that was no that was the that was the Ian O'Toole <laughs> like and the slidey board thing you know and <laughs> we, we hated that oh what game uh, He's talking about when you, when you know, we went towards Soul. Oh, and like, the, uh, Black Angel. Yeah, no, Black Angel. not Black Angel. No. No. This is Beyond the Sun. This Space was themed where as you're well, going though. with tech trees, and then you can take <laughs> over planets over there. It's a pure tech tree. Yeah. You oh, just he does not remember this game. No, he really doesn't. <laughs> I no, really we know where your rating yeah, going. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, so uh, what, what, what did we rate it? <laughs> well, I gave it a three. Okay. I think I gave it a two. <laughs> if you still don't even remember the game, yeah, he doesn't. Oh. He's like, he's luckily, like, uh, Joe Farrell tells yeah. me that it came in a two. Thank you, Joe Farrell, for writing down our scores. That's the only reason, Clef. There's so many reasons knows. to love Joe Farrell, but that's yes. that's one of them. Uh, I gave it a three. Okay, all right. So, Chad, what now? You giveth, giveth it, sir. I'd still give it a three. If somebody brought it out, I'd still play that game. I, I mean, I just okay. feel it's it's a vi- to me, and I know a lot of people like it, but to me. The experience is very meh. It wasn't bad, okay? It wasn't great, though, either. Uh-huh. So it was just very meh. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, if somebody came along and said, hey, there's an expansion, because that's what there will be, uh, new tech cards to put out on the tree. Hey, there's an expansion. Well, let's play it. Oh, sure. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I, I have played it on uh, Board Game Arena uh, since we reviewed it, and it's still just very meh to me. It, it needs something more than just that tech tree and then the you know, area control of the different planets and colonizing them and whatnot. Uh, for me, uh, it is just, just, it gets very samey very quickly for me. So, so I'm staying at a three. You're staying at a three. You just gave Carnegie a four. And a you're high four. Keep, keep this at a three. I, this hey, suffers from the same issue on our scale. It suffers from the same issue. I would play it if everyone wanted to play. Like I'm not miserable playing the game. It's just okay. it does nothing for me. Uh, I, I am. I remember this. I'm being a little bit, you know, silly here, but it is very forgettable. And when you first said it, I wasn't sure. And quite honestly, right now, you'd have to give me a complete re- rules teach because I do not remember it enough. Um, I I'll stick it at two. I mean, because I. I don't necessarily be, remember being miserable, but I'm afraid if I ever got forced to play it again, it would probably go down to a one because I think I'd probably be miserable playing it. So that's that's what I'll say. So I'm going to give it a low two. Okay. All right. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Well, hey, uh, it's not all negative around here. Let's see what our punch bunch had to say. All right. So Ben Neff said, I've played six times. I have really enjoyed the game. More variability in in-game outcomes would help in the long run, as it is a fairly dry experience, and there aren't that many research possibilities. I enjoy that the game flips the script, putting the research tree forward and the exploration colonization as a sideboard. The research tree board and cards could have used some more compelling art, though, even just to match that of the simple level of the stellar board and cards. I look forward to playing again soon, but can't yet tell how long it will have legs. Overall, Ben gives it a four. All right. Well, Mr. Phil Hendrickson says, I'm close to 20 plays now. Oh, my God, Phil. Now, I suppose we have to admit that I like it. It's very tactical. Varying in-game scoring goals give you a potential strategy to pursue. But what techs have been played and what planetary systems show up 
And what actions are blocked by opponents at any given time will really drive your action choices. An expansion is reportedly on its way as well, which should add more variability, hopefully both strategic and tactical. I do believe that the various ways to amass points help provide many paths to victory, even within one particular play of the game. To me, that keeps it in, keeps it interesting after many plays. Also, it's pretty easy to teach and understand how it works. I'd give it a five out of six. Uh, for the, for our last one, our 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 great punch puncher uh, Bryce Ann Journey said the idea and pitch of this game worker placement based on a tech tree is better than the actual end product after three plays I think this game would benefit greatly from an expansion that introduces more dramatic variability in all its aspects I think that what variability currently exists is a little misleading in the sense that a lot of the options are very similar to each other and then they go on to talk about uh, a variety of examples which I think are actually really well thought thought out if you'd like to check our guild guild 3227 um, you can see more but they go on and just say making decisions in beyond the sun really benefits from being able to see the entire table at once and the bits and parts approach of the bga implementation is more frustrating than fun or beneficial beyond the sun has settled somewhere between a two and three on the punchboard scale for me i'd play it again but i wouldn't lose any sleep if that never happens and i'm definitely not planning on adding it to my collection I, I think they yeah, uh, brought right. up some really good points there. Yeah. Some nice thoughts. Uh, but there is, there is some love for it, for definitely. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I can see where it would be. You know, a lot of people like tech trees. And when the game focuses on it, that's going to be something that they could enjoy. Sure, for sure. sure. And, you know, quite honestly, maybe, you know, I didn't give it a lot of plays, you know. And maybe once you get more plays in, it does become a little bit more tactical. Who knows? So, you know, I, I respect Phil. I'm sure, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good. He knows his stuff. Yeah. He's yeah. a big Concordia fan. Yeah, yeah Phil, you, yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, Punch Bunch, uh, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts. Uh, we love all the interaction on on uh, on our Slack and uh, on our uh, board game guild. So please uh, go ahead and join if you haven't. Our BGG guild is slowly, steadily going up. So that's that's positive. I think we've had a lot more interaction in there lately. Um, and, and it's been good. So uh, just real quick, if you didn't hear the announcement in the middle of the episode, uh, we got Punchboard Paradise Con coming May 4th oh, through wow. 7th of 2023 and more information obviously to come, but definitely um, put those uh, put those dates down. All right. In the meantime, everybody, I hope you're having a safe summer out there. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. All right, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. Church bells, they were ringing, the clouds were low and brown, the horses, they were neighing, the day Robert Palin shot me down. Follow my lead, N.G. He rode into town on a jet black mare, spat and hitched her to a tree. 
He made his way to the town saloon the day Robert Palin's murdered me. It was also the night that the skeletons came to life. They came from under the ground and from all over the... Palin's grabbed the preacher's daughter. He aimed to shoot her at my crown. He cocked that crooked hammer back and he brought that hammer down. Exactly. The bones are the skeleton's money. In our world, bones equal dollars. That's why they're coming out tonight to get their bones from you. The skeletons will pull your hair up but not out. All they want's another chance at life. They've never seen so much food as this. Undergrounders have as much food as this. And the worms are their money. The bones are their dollars. And the the bullet ripped inside my chest. The clouds, they did storm. My sweet Marie, she cried for me. And then I was no more. And it was all the that the skeletons came to life. The bones are their money. So are the worms. They pull your hair up, but not out to turn into a man and have another chance at life. But if they pull it out, they turn to bones. Yes! <laughs>